Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Spin-off parents editor and blogger Emily Wrights and author Emily Wrights is a soothing voice in the dark for sleep-deprived parents awake in the middle of the night. It's not always soothing, is it? It's funny. I'm sorry by starting with saying, we've got to tell some of these stories, we've got to laugh, because it's kind of a little missing the point, but some of your rants are really funny. Oh, I hope they are. Okay. I do. In the book, Rants in the Dark, From One Tired Mama to Another. This is what we're talking about. Uh, she loves children but hates not sleeping, and of course she's found she's not alone. The main reason she keeps writing is because of the huge amount of feedback she gets from other parents of children who won't sleep and she wants to help them. Emily says she fell into blogging by accident through sleep deprivation in fact. She's in the Wellington studio. Good morning. Good morning. Do you mind if I mention we interviewed Ashley um, earlier uh, who's just won this um, tremendous prize. Yes um, I prize. love Ashley. Ashley Young and I just made this the thing that she talked about writing for her being about connecting like yes. also for herself it's how she understands and makes sense of what's going on for her and works things through and then it's about connecting and really would that pretty much sum oh, you up yes that really resonates with me that's exactly why I write and why I keep writing it's the community and understanding how I'm feeling about my own parenting and then when I put it out there I hear from other parents about their parenting and it helps me I mean I feel like it helps me so much that they're helping me more than <laughs> anything else. It's so. that connection. It's the yeah. understanding of something you can only understand when you're in it. Yes. And and this is the thing. I know uh, the parenting advice thing is one of the things you take um, you know, shots at because it's so easy to give that advice, even if you've been through it, mm. afterwards. Of course. But the yeah. thing that's so hard is trying to deal with something when you are in it. Yeah. And exhausted and yeah. stressed and frightened and all those other things. Absolutely. Yeah, when I started, um, you know, when I got the call from Penguin, like, do you want to do a book? I was like, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Um, but they started to say about how it, how the book would go together and maybe it would be chapters and I would start from the beginning. And I said, I can't do that. I can't go back to those early months and write in a authentic way. It has to be what I wrote at the time because if I looked back on those first couple of days, weeks, months I'm going to soften the edges, I'm going to sugarcoat it and um you know, my f very first blog post was written when I had a three-week-old and a toddler. And if when I went back and read it, I thought, wow, this just seems like a different person because I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old now. It's, it, it was a different yeah, person. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And this is part of it. And, so I was really, uh, I was so happy that Penguin let me put those early blog posts in instead of rewriting them because to me that's real like this is what I really wrote when I had a three-week-old if I went back it just wouldn't be the same and that's the thing when we look back on these things we just yeah I, it's all a, all a blur to me anyway like I can't remember anything that <laughs> it was very strange rereading those blogs some of them I was like I have no recollection of writing this <laughs> 
I think that's, that's sleep the deprivation. That's the yeah. authenticity again. You know, not even knowing where you were yesterday or what, or what even, or where you are now for that matter. That's the authenticity again. What What is... I mean, what is so funny about this, um, and, and it is the funny bits, because there's, the, the, there's the sad bits I and really the I really hope bits. it's funny. I want it to be funny. I'm just very nervous about people not thinking it's well, funny. Well, <laughs> it's, the, it's the rants. The title is perfect. Mm, it's, it's the rants. Every fatigued parent recognises mm. that point where it's almost like a, a brilliance of wit or a brilliance of, of something comes out of absolute and utter fatigue and frustration. It's just like a genius hits. And, and this is what we'll realise. I can't say this, you know. I'm, I'm going to read this for you. Someone told me once that if you lie still at night and just breathe quietly, it's the same as being asleep, even if you can't sleep. That person was full of... Bah, bah. And, and <laughs> that's that's what people recognise. Actually, my father gave me that advice once, and I, um, I, 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 I wasn't dealing with a baby at the time. <laughs> it's, it, it's not. It's not true. No. <laughs> And there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of that that's fed through this, um, and it's the same with bath. Bath time was another one, you know. Baby, baby, a bath. Oh yeah, it's so relaxing for them. It's like, have you seen a toddler in the shower? Like my kids scream and they throw water all over the bathroom. It's like the least relaxing activity in the world. So now, not only are they not sleeping, but yeah. I've got. A shambles in the bathroom, yeah. and, yeah. and there was the other one as well, the, the baby massage one. Oh, baby massage! Bless people who think that. What was your line? Well, they're not going to be sleeping. Yeah, so, so I, I may as, as well, well <laughs> give my child a massage from his tired day of being a little brat all day. I'll give him a massage to top it off. Um, yeah, no, it's really. Yeah, all of it. There's just. The, the... Have you cut through something as well? Because you also you, you say in um uh, in one of the the blurbs of the book is you know there's perfect parenting and then there's real mm. parenting, and part of the reason that this is connected has it been that everyone still tries even though they know they're not. Mm. Nothing's perfect. They feel this need to sort of present better than the reality. Yeah. And what you've done is put your reality out there. Yeah, I mean, I think that. We live in a sort of, uh, I guess it's social media, you know, is great for parents because they can talk to other parents at 4am and they have these friends on their phone. But the other side of it is, you know, this kind of, I guess, Instagram type of parenting where everything looks perfect and they will share a picture of a perfect house and then be like, oh, too busy to clean up. And you're like, are you kidding me? Like you look around your own house and there's 15 loads of washing. Like when... Oh, when I was on Sunday program and we sat down to do the interview, I was like, I'm really sorry, but I'm not taking down my clothes lines inside because these clothes have to dry or else I'm going to be way behind in my laundry. And I had mum say it was really nice to see clothes horses in a, you know, but I was like, that's real life. You know, my house is a mess and I try and keep on top of it. But when I see these other perfect houses and they cook every like all the lunch boxes all this I see it all and I just think oh I, I can't how come I can't do this how but come I can't only, keep on top of it it's not only the keeping on top of the house and, and mm. you know the clothes and you know mm. trying to find something that isn't covered in stains and that's yes. yours not the kids yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but it's not only that it's 
what's going on inside mm. and the doubts, as we said, and the fears and yeah. the, you know, uh, there's yeah. an unknown, there's an unsayable thing in parenting, yeah. isn't it? Which is, yeah. and should I even have damn well done this? And yeah. there are those moments at the same time, as you say, you love your children beyond anything that a mathematical equation can present. Yeah. That doesn't protect you mm. from all yeah. of those other things yeah. but there's kind of this rule about not voicing them yeah yeah and I think that's because nobody would ever want that to be interpreted as I didn't want my children mm. or I don't love my children and you know I think when I'm writing I I, I do my best to show um, I guess the hard stuff but also I make sure that that I'm also I hope showing how much I love my children and everything because you get this great fear that if you say anything like this is a lot harder than I thought it would be or this is really hard for me that it might be interpreted as you know um, and I I think as well that it's hard to say that that parenting is the biggest burden but it's a wonderful burden you know, like it's this huge responsibility that you wouldn't ever want to give up, but it's the biggest thing that, yeah, it's, I think it's very, I try to eloquently say it in the book, I, I feel like I'm more, I write better than I just talk, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's very, like all I've ever want, I really wanted to be a parent from when I was but young. That is and... through every page. I mean, oh, it, it is it is it is infused in every page. But but yeah. what is different is um, being prepared to be honest about mm. about the things that are hard. How, how did it begin? Um, you 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 mentioned, or I mentioned in the introduction, that the blogging started because you weren't sleeping yeah um so so take us back to that first blog with what a little three-week-old did you yeah, say yeah i had a toddler and a three-week-old mm. and i did that thing which i think a lot of people who have one child and are pregnant with their second they say by the time the second is born the first will be sleeping through and no that doesn't happen it didn't happen for me so I was still waking up to my first child while I had a newborn baby so I just haven't slept in four years um but I had a three-week-old and um I had just settled my two my almost two-year-old and um yeah was um went to the bathroom, came back, and he was diagonal across the bed, and I couldn't get into the bed, and I was like, are you kidding me? There was literally no space for me, and then the baby woke up, and I, um, somebody had said online, be grateful that you're, um, that you have children at all, and, um, I'd said something like, man, my kids are tag-teaming me to keep me up at night. It was a very benign sort of comment. I didn't say anything negative about parenting. And they'd said, one day your boys won't want to sleep with you. And I was like, good. I don't, want, <laughs> I don't want them in bed with me. But I was really annoyed that somebody had said to a really basic comment, just be quiet. You're lucky. You know, I'm, I know I'm lucky. I'm grateful, you know. So I tapped out on my phone this, I'm grateful now fluff off Hmm. and um yeah it I didn't think anything more of it I was going to send it as a group email to my friends who had just had kids because I was sure they'd been told that and but instead I put it on an old wordpress and then a million hits in a day or something and 15,000 emails it was the emails it took me three months to get through my emails and that's what made me keep writing it was the emails not that I've never been traffickers and a driver for me it's the people who are behind the traffic who come right to you and say 
thank you for saying this. This was just in response to that one Yeah, the comment. one post. That's and I incredible. thought, that's a fluke. I was like, that's just, I just got. Yeah. And then I thought I did have something to say about how I had turned into a monster on the third day after I had my child because of those hormones. Mm. So I wrote that and that was popular. And then I thought, oh, maybe I'll write about how tired I am. And then that was, you know, so I just kind of kept going. But the whole way I just thought this is all going to fall over. So, um, yeah. And I just kept thinking it was a fluke. And now it's like two years to the day since that first blog post. Congratulations. And on the book. It's It's interesting you got such a response from, you know, what was almost the comment section, section, wasn't it? And Mm. it's perhaps that's what you've latched on to, that people are always telling parents what to do, Mm. actually, and what Mm. to think and what to say. Yeah. Often with the, um, you know, kindest of intentions. Mm. But that reply was essentially talking to you like you were a little girl. Yeah, yeah. And, I think and, it's and really... That re- and yeah. that reply was just basically reducing what you'd said to a judgment. And, and perhaps yeah. that's what you captured. You've peeled that away. You said, sorry, we are mm. <laughs> we're adults yeah, here. Yeah, we're not the yeah. kids. Exactly. We're the adults. Yeah, yeah. And we can and we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's How we very patron. People are very patronising and condescending to parents. I think, and I, I think, right one. It has been in two years of writing about parenting. I do get a lot of people saying, um, saying things like, um, "Be just stop talking about this." You know, like there's this real push to just shut up about parenting and this is weird it sits within this thing of perfect parenting and then all these people saying parents talk too much about parenting and I don't know I find parents it's very hard for them to talk about you know you you get don't talk about your kids so much don't share photos of them on Facebook don't you know like I feel sometimes like I felt when I first had kids that I kept just doing everything wrong, not just my parenting, but was I talking too much about them? You know, I don't know. I find it all... Parenting is a very complex journey. Well, it also and knocks your confidence. It because, does. Because when you're just you, or yeah. you and your partner, yeah. you can kind of organise life, right? You're in yeah. charge of you. Yeah. And what it does is take away any sort of semblance of control yeah. over yeah. your life, essentially. Yeah. And whenever we're put in that position, lots of things can do that. Losing a job can yeah, can, can yeah, do that. Yeah. When you're out of those things that make you feel in control, okay, you can become at sea very, very quickly. And the mm. and the confidence of can become almost you know can get to a um, an extreme level yeah. of doubt about everything. Mm, yeah. Something else occurred to me, and I don't know whether it was about that reply you got or about other things that can happen in and around conversations around parenting. And I, I, I've always had this saying that all bad behaviour comes from insecurity. Mm. Um, we know this from bullying. And sometimes the person who's most having a go has their mm. own story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it does seem to be an area of life where we are most vulnerable in every mm. way, including yeah. our self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. I would absolutely agree with that. And I think it's a huge amount of pressure because you want to raise children who are happy and healthy and you want to keep them safe. You want to, you know, it's the it feels like such a huge thing that you really, really, really want to get right. And so, and on around that, you have just pressure from everywhere. Like, you shouldn't be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that. I shared a photo once of the, of, um, the car seat, how messy it was, um, and somebody said, why aren't you rear-facing your child? Do you not care about their lives? And I was like, 
wow, that's like an intense reaction to a picture about how messy my car is. <laughs> like, it was just, you get a lot of, I don't know why in parenting people feel the need to comment on every single thing to pull a parent down and make them feel less than. And Yeah, the village yeah. is supposed to be raising the child, not beating up on the parent. But, yes. Um, but both yeah. happen. Something else occurs, and this is all occurring, of course, in the, in the era of social media, which has its pros and its cons. Mm. You do get mm. some plonker who lives on the other side of the world deciding they're going to comment on your post not yeah, knowing yeah. anything about you but equally it offers that power of connection yeah and, and yeah. you can't help but thinking back you know just a, a few years we, we talked about how we were losing our extended mm. families mm. um mm. you know and um just just the way our demographics have fallen there's often not you know grandparents available yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and the isolation of those times can you so imagine in some ways can you imagine mm. not having I can, I cannot. All of the email, like any negativity I have in terms of the emails or messages that are really horrible, they, I just, and compared to how much love and support that I've had as a parent online, you know, the village to me is online. That when I had my first um, baby, Eddie, um, he was desperately ill, and you never imagine that when you're a parent, you just never think you might have a child who has an, a serious illness. And so I would be in the children's hospital, um, and that is a desperately lonely place. Um, and at four a.m., I'd be on Twitter, and I would have all these parents around the world talking me through my fears. Um, saying you can do this you know I would get little messages and stuff this was well before writing but I would get messages from um, on Twitter and stuff saying um, I hope you know today is better I hope tests go okay and stuff if I hadn't have had that I just don't know I would have gone so deep into myself like you really need people there's something about the internet the village you know that it's just it's I really feel like it saved me as a first time parent like just having these people to talk to where there was separation I felt like I couldn't really talk to closest friends and family because they were really involved in making sure Eddie was okay it didn't feel right to burden them with my fears but yeah it's I mean Twitter just totally saved me at the beginning with my babies the not sleeping as a is again a real, I mean it's such a double whammy. Yeah. For a start it's one of those things along with feeding, mm, you know that's mm, um, mm. just supposed to, you know, it's supposed to work yeah, and, yeah, and, totally. and, and do this or do that yeah, or do this and do yeah. this and, and if it's not happening and the second part of the double whammy is it's so exhausting. Yes, yeah, I mean I, I don't know why I ever thought this I think we have a total weird thing in society where we convince mothers that yes it will be very tiring having a baby but only for a short period. I had this thought that at eight, eight weeks old they crossed some magical threshold and started sleeping through the night. I mean, what an idiot. Now I have a two-year-old who has slept through the night a handful of times in his life um, who was up like 15 times last night at two years old. And I think talking about sleep is really important to me because when I started out on being a parent, I just kept thinking, when do they sleep through the night? And then you get all of these you need to do this, you need to do this, and sort of predatory behaviour from like sleep consultants in this sort of industry that's trying to sell you crap to get your kid to go to sleep. And I just felt like 
why is nobody talking about the fact that nobody's kids are sleeping? Because I would talk to parents and they would say, oh yeah, I've got a four-year-old who still hasn't slept through. And I'm like, why aren't we talking about how none of our kids are sleeping? Because it feels like everybody else in the world has children who are sleeping and it's just that your kids aren't sleeping. That's what it feels like sometimes. And then this way I just I wrote a post once one of my most popular ones all it was was how tired I am the whole post was just like I'm just real tired I've got a headache and I just always wake up with a headache because I'm so tired and I got thousands and thousands of comments and messages and emails about it because people were like I'm just so tired as well like nobody talks about how tiring it is like relentlessly exhausting and that has its own long-term effects it's not just you know you're tired it it has a cumulative effect yeah one point just before we talk a little more about how you've dealt with some of those you know personal challenges for you is there's this great point you make the experience of motherhood of parenting for everybody, mm. actually, but the experience of motherhood can be stolen from parents mm. by being anxious all the time. Yeah, yeah. And we can be partly responsible for that, yeah. all of us, can't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. This mean, is this is supposed to be, for all its travails, mm. an amazing experience, oh, not one where yes. you feel you have to perform for everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of, um, you know, I've really struggled with anxiety my whole life, um, and becoming a parent like I thought a lot about how I would handle my anxiety when I became a parent but what I've found is that mothers all and fathers all over the world are struggling with this idea that they have to be perfect and they're beating themselves up when they're not and that really contributes to this kind of spiral of anxiety where they they can't do anything right and they want to desperately do it right and and I've trying to I guess get across that if I've learned anything um, through meeting all these mothers and, and doing this parenting thing is that whatever way you do it is the right way as long as you kind of love and care for your children the best that you can. You've also talked about your own experience with antenatal depression and we talk a lot about postnatal depression yeah. but less yeah. less known or less talked yeah, about as yeah. antenatal depression. Yeah, I didn't know about antenatal depression before I had it and um, I... I feel like we that I had it in my first pregnancy as well but I just thought I kept it to my like myself a lot I just thought if I ever said I wasn't I was really struggling here people would I tried for so long to get pregnant the first time I thought how how did I try so long and want this so much and yet I'm here and I'm miserable and anxious and stressed and and I so I felt like I couldn't say it out loud like saying it out loud might you know do something and then the second time I was so unwell really really unwell that when I finally said to my husband um I'm not coping at about I can't 15 weeks or something I said I'm, I'm really not coping and he said oh I'm so glad you said something let's go to the midwife together and I went under the care of maternal mental health and that was terrifying because I thought they were going to take my kids away or something I had no concept of how it works so I thought by saying I'm not coping when I'm pregnant they I, a white van would come and take me away I was terrified but I thought I have to do this for I never thought about harming my children or anything like that but I just wanted to be healthy for them when when my second came and I wanted to be a good mum to my 
my toddler and so it was terrifying and sharing that experience was terrifying and is terrifying talking about it publicly but the reason why I do is because after I published that I um, had a mum I had a woman email me saying that she had read it and saw something in it and went to her friend's house and said had printed it off gave it to her friend and said can you read this and can we talk about it afterwards and her friend said read it and then said can we go to the midwife together and she then said to her friend a little while later after going under maternal mental health that she had thought about hurting herself that day and didn't and I just thought that's I just we need to save our mums (laughs) you know like it's so important to so even though it makes me feel ill talking about it in public, it, like, it, it happens. It happens. Yeah, like it really does. We have a, a maternal suicide rate in New Zealand that's too high. We have mums who are having their lives stolen by mental illness and we're not talking about it enough. And so if anything that I've said helps even one mum, then it's worth doing. Um, but it's terrifying. It's terrifying not feeling like yourself when you're pregnant and feeling, I should be enjoying this, I should be loving it. Um, so dispelling some of those ideas about how pregnancy is, you know, chiffon running through lavender's beauty rainbows, you know, that's important. But also just the mental health aspect, antenatal depression and anxiety is real. And yeah. So. Well, you keep saying things. That's the thing. That's why everybody loves you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Rants in the dark from one tired mama to another. Emily writes, uh, the blogger for the spin off. Great to meet thank you. you. Take thank care. you. Thank you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 